0: The following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. Lady Love! Lady Love! So how was your vacation? (laughs) Lady Love vacation was the fucking tits, bro. (laughs) It was the tits. (laughs) I think we need to figure out something for when you're gone because (laughs) recording without you is so... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> listen, listen, Lee Love, I give it to Dev. I give it to Dev. He tried to hold his own, you know. He was he was trying he put forward the good Boy Scout effort what have you. I don't I don't know. I don't know. Dev, thanks for stepping in, man. <laughs> no, no, it's not that. It was good. It was just not like it wasn't the lady love, you and know, lady love, low. Yeah. Yeah, I, I get it. I get it. It was a very serious episode. I was like, man, these people are going to fucking <laughs> off <You know>? themselves after <laughs> <like it> this. <laughs> and I love Dev, but I totally see how it was, like, a serious episode because Dev has, like, I love Dev, but he has, like, that hard edge to him, you he know? Does. That, like, fucking kill yourself edge, and you're just like, oh, God, okay. <laughs> oh, fuck me. I don't know. Like, <laughs> I, I get it. I get it. So, Dev... Thank you. Thank yeah. you for stepping in. Thanks, babe. you <laughs> Well, anyways, I'm Courtney. And I'm Kat. And this is Wine, Wine Wicked, Wicked Crimes, and Cat Moms Oh My. Mom's oh my. It gets better and better every time. It does, Lady Love. Just like these episodes. Ooh, yeah. Listen, I'm excited to be back. (laughs) Yeah. It was weird to like be away and be like, "Is she recording? No. Is she recording? No. Oh God, just recording with Devin. Okay, (laughs) we'll accept it. (laughs) I know. It was just very different. Very different episode. The room was quite quiet. <laughs> I can only imagine. I, 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 I can't wait. I just, I can't wait. <laughs> well, before we get started, Lady Love is going to introduce our signature wine of the week. Yeah. I'm excited. This is a really cute wine. I was super excited just to try it just because of how it looked and what it said. It's Penguin Bay Blackberry Wine. Ooh. I dig it. It's grape wine with natural flavors. It's a 10.5% alcohol by volume wine. I guess I don't really pay attention about mm-hmm. how much of a percentage wine is. Is it normally 10.5? Like, No, I want to say usually it's more like 8.5? Six, 6, 7, 8 oh, range. Okay, uh, yeah, this is a little bit higher. Mm-hmm. I'm not mad at it. Oh, no. I think I can ooh about that. <laughs> exactly. I, I mean, it made me notice it. It says that Benny the Blackberry Bandit has captured the sweet, juicy flavors of his freshly sized blackberries in his red wine. It tastes as though he <laughs> stuffed those berries right into the bottle for safekeeping until the coast is clear and he can reveal in his delicious wine with a chocolatey pairing. Ooh. I don't know. Uh, you like the chocolatey pairing at the end? I mean... I could definitely see it. Yeah. I remember the one day me and Manu Bear did a blackberry brandy shot inside of a cup of chocolate. Oh, that sounds good. It probably would have been better if it would have been this wine instead of brandy, but... okay, okay, okay. I mean, I'm excited for it. The penguin's cute. He's got a little... Oh. Is there a name for it? Like the little... The little mask? Yeah, like... I don't know. I mean... He's just got a mask. I know. He's like Superman, but <laughs> yeah. <not>. A <laughs> cuter and a penguin. Kind of. Sure. I don't know. I don't know why I said Superman. Oh, he <laughs> wears his fucking glasses. <laughs> but I mean, same season. <laughs> We're going to try it anyways. We'll see how this goes. Well, this week we did it a little different, and I had pre told Lady Love the topic that we will be discussing today. Yes. So Benny the Bandit goes pretty well with the topic. Yeah. So, let us begin. Sophia is back and ready to tell you the story. Oh, I fucking dig it. it. Brooklyn, New York, 1972. Three men with kind of a plan and a piece of Wrigley Spearmint gum pop art drive around the city looking for a bank. They just watched The Godfather for the first time and felt like one of the Corleones. <laughs> We're about to be rich boys. <laughs> They parked their car. All of them got out, carrying their pop art and headed towards the bank. It was about to close, so they had to be quick. All right, the captain of this Special Olympics team says. You got security and you got the tellers. In and out, five minutes tops. Okay, the first guy goes in, waiting on his cue. The other two are at the door, hot racing and pump sweaty. It's finally time. When out of nowhere, the other guy grabs him by the arm. I can't do it. Dumbfounded, jaw hanging looser than a hooker on 42nd Street. <laughs> <laughs> <Good> morning, <please. laughs> Fuck you, mean you can't do it? We're doing it already, he says. No, no, I gotta go. His partner runs out the door. Fuck, the man thinks. What am I gonna do now? No turning back. It's his last chance. We had to do it. He crosses himself, praying this goes as planned, and walks up to his partner that didn't bitch out. <laughs> they grab their Wrigley's box and pull out their guns. Okay, nobody move. Back up. Nobody touch any alarms. We don't want to hurt anybody. No problems. Everybody does what I tell them, and everything will be all right. We'll be out of here in five minutes, the ringleader yells. He goes behind the counter, shoving the dough in his bag while his partner kept everybody else from moving. He had what they came for. It was time to go. When he saw something moving outside from the corner of his eye. Coppers were everywhere. On roofs, fireplaces. They were surrounded. His partner started to sweat. I'm not going back to jail. Never. Not ever. He reassured him. I got a plan. No one's getting locked up. The bank phone kept ringing and ringing, pacing. He couldn't think. Answer the damn phone, he yelled at one of the hostages. The hostage turns to him. It's the police. They want to talk to you. Stressed, he takes the phone. They want to know his demands. I want you to deliver my wife here from Kings County Hospital. His name is Ernest Aaron. It's a guy. I'm gay. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I love it, lady. love. <laughs> I fucking love it. I mean, shit. I know a little bit about this crime. This is probably, like, one of the only crimes that we've covered that I actually know, like, the smidges, like, smallest amount from it. And the only reason why I know about it is because I fucking love movies. I love movies, lady love. I found that shit out about myself, and I was like... Oh, fuck. I fucking love movies. That's where we're opposite. I can fall asleep during a movie. Oh, they love. Listen, a show is a lot of commitment. (laughs) It's a lot of commitment. I want to love it. I do. I want to commit. I want to be there. I want the 23 episode commitment. I want to know what happens all the way through. I want to be a fan from day one. It is very hard to be that fan. No, I'm more of a binge watcher. I can't really Yeah, I can't really sit and I'm not a person that can sit and watch things. I don't really watch stuff. I feel like for it to like pique my interest it has to like be there in the in the moment. Like I don't know, like a movie. I guess I don't know. Movies for me are just I'm I'm not good at paying attention to something like if I'm reading something I got it because I gotta like focus on it yeah but other than that I'm like fucking mind wandering kind here kinda not. <laughs> what's happening over here what's going on over there I don't really know oh god there's a movie playing oh god I had no idea <laughs> oh, oh I missed it what? yeah have the movies over okay the movie's over okay great bye yeah I mean much. I feel like to like pique my interest it it has to be a movie it has to be something that's like short term and. A few years ago, I I got into like an al Pacino kick. Yeah, Dog Day Afternoon was one of them, and that's just how I ended up knowing about this. And it was it was pretty interesting. I I dig it. Well, for anybody who doesn't know, we are talking about the dog John Stanley Wodowitz. Yeah. He's an American bank robber who inspired the 1975 film starring Al Pacino, mm-hmm. Dog Day Afternoon. Yeah, such a good movie, lady love. <laughs> I remember seeing it when I was a kid and like, I thought the dude that played his wife was Prince for some reason. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, his name is Chris Sarandon. He's Susan Sarandon's brother. Have you ever watched The Rocky Horror Picture Show? Oh, of course. Susan Sarandon, uh, like Janet, mm-hmm. that's that's her brother in real life, I guess. Oh wait, I don't know if that's like her brother or her ex husband. What? Really? Yeah. Hold on. Hmm. Hold on. I, I, I'm and now I'm confused because I don't know. But like, yeah, his wife was very feminine in that film, and it was it was I, I was surprised. I was surprised because the only reason why I watched the film was because I was like on a, I don't know what I had watched, but I was like, oh my God, I want to watch all the Al Pacino movies. Yeah. And then you like look it up and it's like, oh, some of his earlier film, like Dog Day Afternoon. And you're like, oh, okay. I give it to him for playing the part, especially during that time because gay people were not accepted in the 70s. Listen, Al Pacino is the tits, Lady Love. Al Pacino is the tits. Tits of an actor, the godfather, scent of a woman. Obvious. I like Devil's Advocate Mm that he was in. He fucking played some later shit that was like on HBO. Obviously, Dog Day Afternoon. But I don't know. I really, I really like his movies. Let's see. Well, while Lady Love looks this up, I want to try this wine. Oh my god. Yeah. Cheers, Lady Love. Cheers. That's good. Oh, I get the blackberry scent. Do you like it? Yeah, I do. Because it's like sweet, but it's not overbearingly sweet. Yes, yes. Now that I'm getting older, I feel like wines can't be too sweet. I can agree with that. You know what I mean? Like if they're too sweet, it's like almost like a dessert wine. Yeah. And then it like hurts my soul and I'm just like, what the fuck is going on? No, I can definitely agree with this. But while you look that up, I'm going to start. So John Stanley Wadowitz... Was born on March 9th, 1945, in Brooklyn, New York. He's a Pisces. Do, hey, who, who do I know as a Pisces? Mm. What was the birth year again? 1945. Month? March. March, March 9th. March 9th. Me. I don't know if I know any. I don't know if I know any Pisces. I don't know. What do you know about the fish sign? Is it all right? <laughs> I mean, I know it's a water sign, but that's about it. I'm not really too well versed in the zodiac signs. I feel like I'm a fire sign, maybe? You're a Sagittarius. Yeah. I just know that the symbol for it is, like, the, the horse dude. Whatever, with the arrows. Yeah, the yeah. fucking, what's it called? The manatee? No, it's not a manatee. It's not a manatee. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what is it called? Uh... uh Oh, God. This is such a rough week back. No, I don't even I know say, what the I fuck, don't fuck even is going know. on. I don't know. Uh, Oh, my God. I just had it and it went away. A fucking... What the fuck is it called, Lady Love? I'm, I'm trying to think. Oh, God. I can't... For some reason, I keep thinking about Phil from Hercules. <laughs> I love that. I love it. Fucking Danny DeVito's character. <laughs> yeah. What's it called? Oh god, it's going to come eventually. Is it a seder? No. no. What is, what? I don't know. <laughs> I was trying. He he was married to Susan Sarandon. Oh, okay, so it was. He wasn't husband. related to her. He was married to her. Okay. All right. I'm sorry. I needed to just fucking, okay. I don't know, figure that shit out. Okay. Well, where at whatever a Pisces is. He's one of them. <laughs> um, he was born to a Polish American father. <laughs> mhm. And an Italian-American mother. So there's not really any background on his dad. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say it was probably just like mutual indifference or he just wasn't really a factor. Yeah, I can see that. Um, but his mom, Teresa, her nickname is Terry. Mm-hmm. Teresa Marie basso Waterwitz, In him, they were very close. And he also had two brothers, a mentally disabled older brother named mm-hmm. Tony. And a younger brother named Michael. Okay. His brother, Tony, he was actually taken away from the mother when he was five. No shit. Yeah, because he had a form of epilepsy. And whenever he would have his seizures, he would completely forget Okay. Um, everything. So he'd have to, like, relearn how to walk, how to talk, how to... Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, that's rough. Yeah. So i get all my information basically from the documentary on amazon called the dog oh yeah so i get nice. literally all this information from him and his mother like their well, interview. i had no idea there was like a in a documentary online lady love i just watched a movie oh yeah no damn it in my love for movies i haven't <laughs> watched this documentary <laughs> no i feel like you doing the movies and me doing the
1: info yeah, info yeah.
0: it works listen I'm all about the movies. I mean, mm-hmm. that's all the catch my attention's been these days. Well, I just like it because when I get to tell you the funny shit, you don't already know it. Yeah. So yeah. It's great. <laughs> um, There isn't an insane amount of information in general on John, mm-hmm. but most of what I found was on the Amazon doc. Mm-hmm. Um, Teresa is actually interviewed in it along with John himself. Nice. So is his ex-wife. Oh, like an actual female ex-wife? No shit. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. They show it in the movie. It's a very confusing moment. Well, according to him, that movie was only thirty percent accurate. Thirty percent, huh? Yeah, like him and Carmen, his wife mm-hmm. or his ex-wife, they don't split up just for like whatever. John just leaves her. Yeah, they didn't split up in the movie either. Yeah, he just like leaves. It's they don't actually get divorced or anything. Okay. But, um, I could see that, so John himself says that his only vice is sex, like no alcohol, no drugs, like sex. This is just what he does. He likes to go to Poundtown <laughs> <laughs> I mean, can he not go to Poundtown with a womanly love like he, he does both I'm um, so. <laughs> Believe me, Lady Love, you see, this motherfucker, I don't know how he doesn't have AIDS. Like, it, if he likes to go to Pound Town this much, I mean... This motherfucker is always in Pound Town. He's like, <laughs> he's like constantly has a no. fucking... He has, he has like a permanent residency in Pound Town. I fucking can't. I just can't. Oh, God, Lay Love. I'm, I- it's just... I want to know what the. I guess I'm I'm picturing it, and I'm just picturing it with like an Al Pacino face. Is he? Is he? When Al Pacino was young, he was cute. So he's not terrible looking when he's young, but when he gets older, you can definitely he's buff looking. He's very buff looking. Uh, like, like he goes from looking like Al Pacino kind of did depict similarly because he was a very small dude. He was yeah. small in stature, very yeah. thin. Like your basic Italian. Napoleon complex type dude. Small guy. Yeah, little guy. <laughs> oh <laughs> Actually, God. I go through most of this research calling him Little Dick Waterwitz. Little Dick Waterwitz. What's little his Dick- last name? Okay, so it's... It's, War- it's pronounced Waterwitz... Waterwitz? Really? Yeah, but the way that he says it through the whole documentary is Waterwitz. 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 So I waterwitz. feel like I have to put out my uh, my Brooklyn accent on him. <laughs> I'm all for it. And, uh, so Teresa, his mom, says that John was a great kid growing up. He loved to play baseball. Uh, he'd play around the corner from his house every day. He was the bookkeeper and kept track of all the scores, names of the players, handled the trophies, etc., Mm-hmm. And he would keep the balls and bats that he played with from every season. He always went to school. He never, like, hung around in the streets or any, like, bullshit like that. Mm-hmm. He was a happy kid. He grew up in the Italian side of town in Brooklyn. Okay. Back then was Flatbush, apparently. Nice. Okay. Now Flatbush is not. You know what it makes me think of? Huh? Uh, Goodfellas. Very similar. Such a good fucking movie, Lynn Love. It I is. just watched it the other day and, like, Goodfellas is most definitely the tits ma- of a movie. Oh, absolutely. But it it makes me picture that. But you're right. Flatbush these days ain't. No, now it's very, like, Caribbean. Yeah. That's, yeah. A, good, that's a good word for it. Urban? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, no, I'm just saying my old roommate, Selena. Yeah? She was from, well, she was from Trinidad. Uh-huh. But her mom lived in Brooklyn in Flatbush. Mm-hmm. So, it's very, oh. like, Caribbean Oh, yeah, town. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I can go over there and get a roti down the street. That shit was a teddy's little <laughs> Oh, I bet. Authentic roti. hmm <laughs> So, she says that there was a turning point in his adult life where everything about him and his personality changed. The mom said that? Yeah. Okay. Uh, she said, quote, it was like he went from daylight to darkness. Mm. In the summer of 1964, after he graduated high school, okay. little Dick Wadowitz started working as a teller at the Chase Manhattan Bank in Brooklyn. Okay. Um, it was located at 450 Avenue P. And this is where he met his first wife Carmen Ann Bifuco. Bifuco. Baifuco. Baifuco. Yeah. Man, that's telling um, this fuck. I know. Sheesh. So she was also working there. Okay. And he describes their meeting as love at first sight. It's, uh, oh. It's. Oh, not, okay, okay. That. Never mind. Fuck me. Love at first sight. <laughs> no carmen who's also interviewed in the documentary has a slightly different version of the events oh she says he calls her and asks her out on a date she says yeah Uh and when he picks her up he had two other women in the car oh shut the fuck up swear to jesus oh my god that's not the ideal first date i'd be like bitch what you got two other hoes in this car you better get me the fuck out of here before i fucking murder you what the fuck is going on well this bitch was not about it she just like went well, along with it she just, really okay, yeah i find personal fault in that lady love if you find acceptability in a relationship that brings two other women in the car wouldn't you feel like you're bringing it upon yourself this was a first date uh-huh. this wasn't even like a relationship this I'm was their first not- date uh-huh. uh-huh. well, uh-huh. apparently uh-huh. she gets into the car and he tells them quote one of you ladies are gonna be my lucky bride in the future oh shut the fuck up <laughs> yeah he tells them one of them is gonna be his lucky bride in the future and she says quote I thought the guy was crazy already <laughs> yeah no shit I maybe mean- you should have been like nah bro yeah. One of your wives ain't gonna be me. So, bye Felicia. I'll see you later. Yeah. Uh, like, what the fuck? Sorry. But, after their weird, like, three-way date, he and Carmen started talking and dating regularly. Listen. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for interrupting. But how weird is fucking Carmen for being like, bro, I know we just had a three-way date, but, like, will you be my boo? Like, yeah. what the fuck? girl? <laughs> Carmen is like this whole documentary. I'm like this bitch thought what? <laughs> this bitch, this bitch, thought, this bitch thought what? Like <laughs> Carmen, what are you doing, girl? Like what? Carmen is an interesting character. Uh, uh, okay, I, I just wanted to make sure that I wasn't the only one that thought that. No, lady love through this whole thing. Whole thing. I'm like. <laughs> You didn't get it. This motherfucker leaves <laughs> her and all that. She stays married to him. Yes. Oh god. She Love. stays married to him until the eighties. Okay. Into the eighties. This well, is happening in well, the 70s. Well after the uh, fucking bank robbery, because the bank robbery happened in seventy five. Am I not? Am I? Am I fucking incorrect there? No, you are quite correct. And she was, and she stayed with him until the eighties. She stayed with him. He was like, he had his wife, Ernie. I want to know. I want to know. Was he dicking her down? Yes. Her down like, oh, I get there. I get there. Let me not get there. <laughs> okay. Okay. Not I'm sorry. Get there. Sorry. Okay. Back to it. Back to it. Okay. Let's hear it. <laughs> so after their weird three-way date, he and Carmen started talking and dating regularly. And then <laughs> boom. Hey. The same year, he ends up being drafted to fight in the Vietnam War. Okay. Okay. So at the time, he considered himself a Goldwater Republican, Ooh. which meant he was, quote, conservative, which also meant I was a warmonger. So Conservative, he was but a bit of warmonger. Uh, yeah, pretty much. He just. I don't know politics. So, yeah, I don't know politics either. Never mind. Let's keep moving. Yeah. So he was willing to go to fight for his country. Like he was fine with getting drafted. Okay, fine. When little Dick went away to basic training, <sighs> mm-hmm. he discovered he was bisexual. Oh, he'd met a quote hillbilly by the name of Wilbur. Oh, whom he had his first gay experience with. No shit. <laughs> By his recollection, he was asleep one night having a dream about getting a blowy. And just before he came, he woke up and realized he was not dreaming at all. And he was, in fact, receiving said blowy from Wilbur. <laughs> you know, love. I can't tell you how many times I dream about getting fucked and wake up to, oh, wait, I don't. Exactly. Wait, what? You're going to tell me that you, you're dreaming about... Waking up to a blowy by Wilbur and all of a sudden is there. Fuck that. That shit has been happening for a while. Well, he dreamt that he was having a blowy, Not that it was by Wilbur. Whatever. But, so he had a Whatever, dream. Whatever. Said dream blowy. Yeah. So receiving said dream blowy, Receiving said dream blowie <laughs> from Wilbur. <laughs> he asks Wilbur, what are you doing? Which that I feel like if a straight dude woke up to some dude sucking his dick, his first reaction is not going to be, what are you doing? It's probably going to be to kick said person. Absolutely, at least like deck him in the face. Be like, um, what, what the is, fuck? What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> it's more like, what the fuck are you doing? Instead of like, oh, Wilbur, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> what are you doing down there? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That 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 paints a different scenario all the way around. Well, Wilbur's response was, "Well, doesn't it feel good?" Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Lil Dick says he thought about it, decided oh. he did enjoy it, and told Wilbur to continue. So they decided to continue this strictly physical relationship throughout the rest of their time in basic training because Wilbur, quote, blew great. He was like a summer breeze. You gonna take it? You gonna take that dick? You gonna take that dick uh? no No. <laughs> <laughs> Lady Love. This is from a documentary? This is a documentary. Are you serious? This is John retelling these counts, like himself, to the camera. So his name is John in actual life. Yes. so his actual name is John. In the movie, it's Sonny. Sonny Sonny Wartowitz? Wartowitz? No, Wardowitz is his actual name. (laughs) The way he pronounces it. Yeah. So his name is John. Okay. Mm -hmm. And these are actual accounts by John that he had the best blowy of his life from this Wilbur. From, yeah, from Wilbur. Wilbur. During their away time fighting. Well, he was in basic training, so this is just basic their... Basic training before the Vietnam War. Yeah. Cool. Where, <laughs> to me, I'm like, I really wonder if, like, gay people have a radar where they, like, know if a person is into it. Because if he was just gambling <laughs> on the fact... Man, you smell pretty. <laughs> he's just gambling on the fact that this dude is maybe gay and stalking his dick, like... You I feel like no one's gonna just do that without confidence. Yeah, absolutely. Love, I feel like obviously don't ask, don't tell wasn't a thing until the nineties, I wanna say. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was like a, not a thing until the nineties. So I feel like before then, if you were okay with getting that, you had to know. Yeah. Like, listen, Steve is going tonsils deep on this dick. I know. He's about it. <laughs> He's about the D. Yeah. You know, like I yeah, you you I feel like yeah, I feel like you had to have known. 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 I personally have terrible gator. I have a decent gator. I think I have a decent gator. I, I, I just don't have it. I just... I have a decent one. But I'm not always right. There's sometimes where I'm like, whoa. see <laughs> that one. Supplies. Yeah. <laughs> well, in October of 1966, John was sent to Vietnam first to Saigon, mm-hmm. and a few months later to Da Nang, mm. a city just south of Wei. And that is where he saw some action. In February 1967, mm-hmm. there was the first rocket attack on the Denang Air Force Base. And 90% of his fellow soldiers were killed. Oof. 90% is a lot. Yeah. And he looks so sad while he's like recalling this story. Mm-hmm. This is what I believe was the turning point in his life that his mother was talking about. Yeah. Because she says that she felt the war messed him up. But well, she thinks the war is what turned him gay, and I'm like, no, he was just born that way. Yeah, there is, listen, here at Wine Wicked Crimes and Cat Moms, oh my, we support any group, any group at all. Whether you feel like you turned that way, you were born that way, mm-hmm. you fucking anything, there's no judgment here. But I feel like for that, you definitely have to be born that way yeah you have to be born to like what you like like you don't just one day wake up and you're like you know what i'm just i'm gonna be gay today especially not for men absolutely i've i've been liking dick all my life and today a pussy looks pretty good you know like i get it but i also know that it i also understand that it can't it can't just be that way no you know what i mean like innately you feel how you feel and that's fine that's just the way life is sometimes exactly and speaking of that while we are talking about this, mm-hmm. Ernie. Mm-hmm. So she goes by Liz in real life. Like, oh, yeah. okay, so yeah, her, yeah, because she did want to. She did want to have a sex change at the end of all this. Yeah. So the only times I actually refer to her as Ernie is when John is like recounting things himself. Mm-hmm. So like quotes and stuff like that. Okay. But generally, the whole time I just refer to her as a woman named Liz to just respect her own wishes because she's passed away. And, oh, you know, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So, he says that this attack is what turned him from a Goldwater conservative in 1964 to a McCarthy peacenik. Goldwater conservative. Yeah, so Goldwater is like, I think, the name of a person. Like, it was something, Goldwater, like some politician. Okay. That was conservative. Um, And then McCarthy is the peacenik person. Okay. So, he went from being a conservative in 1964 to a peacenik in 1968 because, quote, if we're not going to win the war, why should all these young kids fight and die for nothing? Mm-hmm. We lost 50,000 people over there. So he just wasn't about the war anymore. Mm-hmm. And in October 1967, when he came home, he and Carmen decided to get married. They had wanted to tie the knot before he was shipped out to Vietnam, but her parents were like, nah, bra." Okay. And told them to wait until he came home. Mm-hmm. He says that they made her wait because they were hoping that he would die out there. Oh, fuck. Yeah, because they didn't want her with him in general. Okay. And they just figured, like, everybody's dying in the Carmen, if you wait, let's just wait. Yeah. Let's, let's just wait, girl. If you, you know, if you don't make it, then yeah, you don't make it. Exactly. Oh, that's fucking cold. Oh, pfft. God damn. But, I mean, these are all a bunch of fucking Italians. This, <laughs> watching this whole documentary, I was like, this sounds just like my family. You know <laughs> they love? I mean, I guess he would know more than I do. I i didn't think that they would fucking reject his soul like that you know carmen you should wait you should just wait until the guy comes back i mean oh, fuck fucking me back yeah all right come you could get married like what the fuck exactly <laughs> so they were hoping that they would never get married mm-hmm and I mean, they're not exactly wrong for wanting her not to get married to him considering the outcome of the events. Uh, yeah, I could see that. <laughs> Carmen confirms that her parents hated him. Really? Saying that her father didn't want her to get married at all. Mm-hmm. And all of her relatives hated little Dick Waterwicks. Oh, damn. But she got married to him anyway mm-hmm. on October 21st, 1967. Okay. At St. Rita's Church in Brooklyn, New York. And fun fact: Their priest actually almost annulled the wedding the same night because Little Dick and her father got into a huge fight over the bill. No shit. Yeah. So her father wanted John to pay for half the wedding. Mm-hmm. And back then, the father of the bride would traditionally pay for everything. Mm-hmm. But obviously, Carmen's dad wasn't about it. Mm. So he wanted him to pay for part of the bill with the gift money that they had received and damn yeah and carmen was like on her dad's side so she's like just fucking do it just whatever yeah them two get into an argument and little dick throws out some big dick energy and apparently walks up to the dad and throws the money in his face and walks out (laughs) that is some way big dick energy like you better have some money and then some exactly to have that big dick energy to throw money in people's faces yeah that's That's exactly what it was. He had the big dick energy. I think he was overcompensating. um, (laughs) Who's to say? (laughs) As Terry says in the documentary, quote, it just wasn't meant to be. Because on June 20th, 1969, John and Carmen separated. Damn. The way it happened from Carmen's account was that she came home one day and Lil Dick had packed all of her shit up and bounced without saying anything. Damn. Yeah, like she said she walked in and she was like, my engagement gifts were gone. The table's no gone. My, yeah, like he was just out. Bye. And um, Lil Dick and Carmen do have two kids together, uh-huh. but they never got into details about their children or when they were born, but their names are Dawn and Sean. No shit. Yeah. So, after the Stonewall Riots, which happened on June, it could be considered 27th or the 28th. Okay. Uh, because it happened at like 1 o'clock in the morning mm-hmm. or whatever on one day, uh, 1969. John became interested in the gay rights movement and decided to join the Gay Activist Alliance, or GAA for short. hmm His initial interest in gay rights was more stemming from his interest in gay men. Okay. Butt sex. You know than actual politics of it. Like, he just wanted to slap some cheeks. <laughs> okay. Okay. I mean... So, I guess... I, I guess my real thing is, like, would you really be out there fighting for... Like, gay rights? If you just want to slap some cheeks? Well, he wasn't exactly... You know what I mean? Like, are you out there? Was he out there? Well... Hmm. He joined the Gay Activist Alliance, but he started out as a member of the Entertainment Committee. So he wasn't like into the political part of it yet. Entertainment Committee, Lady Love, is that like escort business? No, it would just be like party planning and stuff. Ay. Um, in the GAA, they would hold dances or parties every week at their headquarters in the village, called Ay. the quote Firehouse. Ay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, like I. Uh. I don't know. Well, John's job was to meet and greet all of the new members to the scene pretty much. Okay. And like back then, all the mobsters owned all the gay clubs. Okay. But you weren't allowed to touch each other in the clubs. Like you couldn't dance together. You couldn't. Really? Yeah. So you were allowed to be together. You just couldn't like touch each other. So the GAA. That's such a weird fucking they could be there, but they couldn't touch each other? Yeah. They could sit next to each other, but they couldn't touch each other? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so the GAA, they would have these parties that they would throw so that gay people could just, like, grind upon each other if they want, you know, make out in the corner like normal people. Mm-hmm. Whatever. So he loved this because he took advantage of these people's, you know, recently coming out of the closet and would just bang as many of the noobs as he could. Oh, yeah. He said that he could have sex with them quicker than anybody else because they were just coming out. So they were like more susceptible to doing it. Oh, my God. That's so terrible in a way. That's so terrible in a way. Yeah. No, he's kind of a predator. (laughs) Uh, Kind of like a big time predator. (laughs) Yeah. Like he was kind of a douche, kind of a big douche, a big gay douche. (laughs) Okay, okay. big gay butt-fucking-douche. I mean, I can't believe he would take advantage of these people in this way. It's like almost like cheating them of their experience. I I don't know. I'm just like... I'm so turned off by him, like... Well, for him, he considered the gay movement as like a very sexually driven movement at the time. Listen, I get that I some... Not... (laughs) Okay, how can I word this without being offensive? I get that gay people are very sexual. But that's the thing. They're not. Like, John was just very sexual and he wanted to butt fuck all the time. So for him, it was Mm -hmm. solely sexually based because he felt like if he wanted to fuck someone, he should be able to fuck them. But that's not the case. Like, a gay journalist or reporter from this time Mm -hmm. that was um, also involved in the GAA, Randy Wicker... He says that little Dick Waterwitz was a disgrace to the gay community. No shit. Yeah, no one really liked him. They thought that he was very trashy. He recalls John would just fall on a couch with whoever, and no matter who was watching, no and shit. have sex with these men. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, they thought he was just a douche. So gay people are not as sexual as whatever. Fair. Yeah. Fair, okay. And he, he was just a douche. Big douche. Well, Terry, John's mom, mm-hmm. said she followed him once to the village and she knew all well along that he was gay, but she didn't say anything. She just kind of accepted him. Okay. That's good. Good for her. Yeah. I mean, you could tell that she, like, didn't exactly agree with it, but she was going to accept her son either way. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, there's a part where she meets Ernie. Mm-hmm. And obviously, he calls Ernie his wife. Mm-hmm. And she's like... A fucking woman. It's a fucking man. It's a fucking <laughs> man in a wedding dress. Fuck. But understandably so, especially in the olden times. But, like, I get it. I get yeah. it. But Terry was a tits. Like, she was all about it. Whatever he wanted, he got it. Which is great, the way that parents should be with their kids. Like, if your kid wants to be any type of way, who are you to stand in their way Just exactly. let them be the way that they are? I agree. So, in 1971, little Dick Motowit's was being slightly less douchey and slutty Mm -hmm. and actually became interested in the more political side of the gay rights movement. Nice. And began attending more GAA meetings and associated with people who are working on like their real life equality issues. Rich Wandel, a former president of the GAA, describes the group as a political nonviolent militant organization. Their goals were to come out to the world to force equality. Okay. And while heavily participating in the political side of the movement, John called himself Little John Basso. Little John Basso. Yeah. Why Basso? Well, Basso is his mother's maiden name. Oh, okay, okay. So the reasoning behind his nickname was Little, quote, because my prick is Little, and Basso because his mother's name is Basso. So You're ever, joking. No, I swear to Jesus. Oh, God. <laughs> So everyone knew he was Italian. Um, Gay marriage was not legal at this time. And John was one of the people trying to force the acceptance. He felt very passionately about this issue, especially because for him, love was an institution. And if he loved someone, he wanted to have the ability to be legally committed to that person. Mm -hmm. So he participated in the Marriage Bureau protest on June 4th, 1971. And two days later, on June sixth, nineteen seventy-one, Little Dick Waterwitz mm-hmm. met his second wife, Ernest, quote Ernie, his nickname, Erin. At this time, Ernie identified as a woman and called herself Elizabeth, Liz for short, mm-hmm. Eden. Little Dick recalls meeting her at the Feast of Saint Anthony. She was dressed in semi-drag, which meant she was wearing makeup and had on like pants. And she was accompanied by two gay priests. He was immediately infatuated with her. Quote, The first time I saw Ernie, I knew I had to have him. (laughs) (laughs) Little Dick and Liz hit it off right away. And in an interview, Liz says he was very romantic and never forgot a date, birthday. (laughs) Yeah, He never forgot a date, birthday, or anniversary. Quote, At first, it was a dozen roses almost every time we saw each other. That's adorable. (laughs) She's, they're, they're kind of cute. They're cute. Like, love, they're, they're very cute. They are. They're very cute, but, like, when you get to the nitty-gritty of it, it's not that cute. But they're cute. (laughs) Is that why you're not sold 100% right now? (laughs) Yeah, because, like, in my opinion, I think that John was, like, manipulative, Oh damn! Yeah, so I think that he did care for Ernie and everything like that. Mm-hmm. But just the way that he was with Ernie, mm-hmm. he could have been better. Okay, I okay. Think, I think he could have been better mentally with Ernie. Damn. So, little Dick said they had sex the same day that they met, mm-hmm. and from then on they went on dates every week, and he bought her flowers for every date. Oh. Liz says little Dick was always very proud to have her and show her off. He'd introduce her to people as this is my lover. Oh my god, that's adorable. Yeah. So her friend describes her saying, Liz was the center of every scene. He had a lot of energy and was a great dancer. Mm-hmm. And then another quote is, She had a loud mouth and the wallpaper would curl off the walls when she started to curse. Mm-hmm. That's funny. And it was her friend, Jeremiah Newton, who said these things. Okay. And he describes meeting John after he and Liz had gotten together. And he was very unimpressed by the package that he was bringing to the table saying, quote, he was short. He was tiny next to her. Oh, God. He was sort of a troll and he loved her. He was a troll that loved her. (laughs) He was a troll that loved her. (laughs) Um, and then he also said that he was skeevy and he was obsessed with sex and he thought that John was pretty stupid. No oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, so not a fan. In in the movie, like, it didn't paint a great relationship about them. Mm-hmm. In the movie, it was kind of confusing. They were in the bank robbery and mm-hmm. all of a sudden they're like, we're gonna bring your wife down. He's like, bring my wife down, bring her down, bring her down. And they show them interviewing a woman. Yeah. With a couple of kids and you know, that's she's talking about... Carmen. Absolutely. Like, how he's changed and everything in his life, but then he asked for his wife to be brought down at, like, this bank robbery scene, and it's a man. Yeah. It's a man. It's Leon in the movie that they call him, and, like, he's there, and he knows that he has a wife and two kids, but, like, he still gets married to this man. Well, that's true. It's, like... Uh, ernie says that the whole time that them two were together little dick would go visit carmen at least once or twice a week and have sex with her like i feel like they had a very open relationship because this whole time little dick is just fucking whoever he wants very clearly very 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 clearly but like oh no she didn't (laughs) oh oh no this heifer didn't and at the time that they met um liz was prostituting herself (laughs) oh my god in order to survive yeah so they didn't, I don't think they really had a exclusive relationship. They were just fucking people. I didn't know that she was prostituting herself. That fucking, that, uh, uh, it puts a fucking different spin on everything, I'll tell you that. Yeah. What the fuck, we love? Yep. So Liz was prostituting herself to survive and little dick knew that. Um, But he still loved and wanted to marry her. And although Liz identified as a woman legally and biologically, she was still considered a male, mm-hmm. and gay marriage was not legal yet. Okay, but Liz did have breasts. Um, Liz was against them getting married, but Little Dick Wodowitz convinced her to do it. No shit. Yeah, he took her to look at wedding dresses, and she says that he told her, "quote I love you more than anything in this world. Will you marry me?" And she said Aww. yes. Yeah. So there's time for their cute. In the movie, they said that there was a, a picture of him in a wedding dress. Is that true of like of him in real life? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. What's his name again? Ernest what? Ernest Aaron. E-R-N-E-S-T-E-R-O-N. Um so their wedding invitation read: Miss Liz Eden requests the honor of your presence at the wedding and reception of Mr. Ernest E. Avon. To Mr. Little John Basso on Saturday, the 4th of December, 1971, 4 o'clock in the afternoon at What's in a Name Cafe, 228 West 10th Street, New York. Kindly respond on or before November 28th, 1971. And word of Lil Dick's recent engagement spread like wildfire. Mm -hmm. And the priest who had married John and Carmen heard about it and Mm -hmm. snitched hard body. Mm -mm. Like, he immediately called Carmen to tell her that her husband was getting married to a man. Yeah. But, I mean, Liz was cute. Like, she was, yeah. She was cute, but she had no eyebrows. No, I mean. She drew them bitches on. Mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. was that time, though, where you shaved them bitches off. Exactly. You <laughs> That's Make your own eyebrows. What do you want them to look like? Anything you want, boo. Just put them on your forehead. Well, she made them look like a line. It was like the Charlie Brown eyebrows. It was and, the 70s lady, like love. I know. Oh, Liz, bye. Oh, God. Well, Carmen's priest, when she called, she told her that. You know, not to be surprised when she gets an invitation in the mail Mm -hmm. to little Dick and Ernie's nuptials. So they got married at a venue that was right across the street from the 6th Precinct. All of the, quote, women in Liz's bridal party were guys dressed in drag. Mm -hmm. The cops had no idea that they weren't actually women and they had came out to congratulate the happy couple. Which I'm like... Ernie's, like, six feet tall. The fuck you didn't know? You look at all these pictures, and she's way, way above her husband. Like, Oh, yeah. He's, like, 5'3". Yeah. She's, like, 6'1". Exactly. Like, how could you not know? How could you not know? Well, they didn't. So, being a gay marriage, which was completely unheard of, Randy Wicker recorded the entire event for the GAA archives. So, they have John and Liz's wedding, like, on a tape somewhere. You know, a VHS tape. Mm Mm-hmm. Roll that bitch in. So, Terry, John's mother, she actually came to the wedding to support her son and was exceedingly happy for him. John was the apple of her eye, and nothing he did would make her reject him. They, like, they show her interviewing with Randy, and Randy's like, oh, well, where's the rest of the family? And she's like, oh, you know, they don't agree with this sort of thing, but Mm -hmm. I'm here. Yeah. You know. So, they show pictures of Terry hammered at the wedding and celebrating, like, oh. Yeah, so she's, like, fucked up. I got someone picking her up. Her little girdle's all out there. Like. <laughs> Terry, put your shirt down, ma'am. No, fucking my girdle's all out. <laughs> Terry, Terry, cover your ass. Terry. Oh, that's awesome, though. Well, Liz and Lil Dick were happy, but their happiness didn't last long. In April 1972, the couple broke up because they were constantly arguing over Liz finishing her transition and and having the sex change operation. Um, John was completely against her having the surgery, Mm -hmm. saying, quote, what a lot of people don't understand is I didn't want Ernie to have the sex operation. I, at the time, was interested in a guy with big tits and a little dick. No shit. But Ernie wanted to be a woman. Yeah. So he was fine with her, like, look at this wedding picture of them. So he was fine with her being, because she fucking, she obviously looks like she has tits there. Yeah. So he wanted her to look like that then, and just be like that forever? Yeah, he wanted her to stay, like, halfway transitioned. No way. Okay. But, like, look at her. She was. No, she's very pretty. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. She was an adorable woman, like. Mm Mm-hmm. And she had a nice little figure. She was thin. I mean, she didn't look bad. No, not at all. And this dude was just like... Yeah. Do you want to describe what John looked like in his youth? In his youth, I mean, he didn't look all that bad. <laughs> not to me. No, he didn't no, look, he all didn't all look terrible at all. But like... In a sad way, it is like a young Al Pacino. Yeah. They definitely casted that correctly (laughs) with his little bowl haircut and whatever the fuck he's got going on. It's kind of spot on. Yeah, no, it definitely I is. W- I definitely wish I knew what, like, John looked like now from, like, HBO or from the Amazon documentary. Oh, it's terrible. He's got these fucked up teeth. Like, he really? tells this motherfucker never flossed a day in his life. Oh, no. them shits are awesome. T- like, the whole time I was watching this documentary, I was like, what is wrong with his teeth? I thought no! he had, like, baby teeth or something. They were awful. Okay, never mind. I don't want to see it. It's not good. Like, love, it's not good. That's oh, fuck. He reminded me of, like, Penguin from Batman or something. Oh, my God, was Like, he was, like, tiny and tubby and terrible teeth and a very hooky nose. Like, he had that, like, old Italian hook nose. Damn. And very round. That bad? Yeah. Look up old John. Oh, God. His name is spelled W-O-J-T-O-W-I-C-Z. So, Liz wanted nothing more than to be a woman and turned to self-mutilation as an outlet for her depression. Oh, God, that's sad. Yeah, so she was very upset at not being a woman. Mm -hmm. She cut her wrists, and she even punched through a glass window once in an outburst and, like, cut up her arm. Wow. Two months after their wedding, Liz tried to kill herself with a butcher knife, saying she either wanted to be a woman or she wanted to die. Oh, that's sad. That's really sad. Yeah. Well, Little Dick's version of the events is that he tried to stop Liz from stabbing herself. And was cut in the process. They got into a, a fight. Someone called the cops. And they were both going to be locked up in a psych center. Because mm-hmm. during this time, if you were gay, they thought you were just crazy. Okay. Um, and Liz told the psych doctors that Little Dick was trying to kill him. And Little Dick refused to be committed. So he knocked down the security guards and ran. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So he was not about this life. Uh, The longer Liz went without her surgery, the worse her self-mutilation became. And she was regularly trying to harm herself now. On August 19, 1972, Liz tried to kill herself by overdosing on her birthday. Mm -hmm. She said, quote, I went to a few drugstores and I bought some salmonacs and I met some people in the street and bought some downs off them. And then I went back home and started taking all the pills I had bought. And all the pills that I had because I wanted to kill myself. That's terrible. Quote: I started to pass out around seven or so. I had ringing in my ears and I was frosting at the mouth, and I was frosti- frothing at the mouth mm-hmm. for a while. And I remembered I started to get body shakes. The next thing I remember, I was in Kings County Hospital. So, yeah, I I wonder how much he fucking took because that sounds like a lot of stuff. Yeah. Especially be frothing at the mouth. Yeah. I mean, clear overdose to me. It's like, what was that name? Or uh, what was that movie? The Jim Carrey movie? When he's like the cop or whatever and he's got the three black sons. Me, myself, and Irene. Yeah. yeah. You remember that scene where he's got like cotton mouth from yeah. <laughs> and he like can't <laughs> Every scene that like they flash out and it gets worse and worse. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I was picturing it. So, Lil Dick tried to get her released, but the doctor said that there was no way that he was ever leaving. They were going to give her electroshock therapy because wow. she was sick and wanted to chop off her dick. But, again, this was the 70s. People did, were not gay. Like yeah. They did not accept that people were gay understandably so but like isn't isn't it sickening that that's the cure that they had yeah i mean if you look through history like people that had mental disabilities Mm -hmm. they used to literally send them to like these psych wards and they were just like living in squalor they were like beat and they were tied down it's so disheartening it is it's awful like there's nothing mentally wrong with people like that no there's not people are just fucked up Lil Dick Waterwitz says that was when he made the decision to break Ernie out of the hospital and get her the sex change reassignment surgery. Mm -hmm. That night, John went to a bar named Old Jimmy's where he met with 18-year-old Sal Natural. Uh, His actual last name was Masterson. Okay. He was a wanted convict Mm -hmm. from New Jersey. And I guess that he was raped in prison and never wanted to go back. Oh, shit. Yeah. And he also met with 20-year-old Bobby Westenberg. And Bobby was sick and needed money for a new lung. Okay. So John offered them $50,000 to rob a bank and break Liz out of the nuthouse. Damn. And they agreed. But I'm like, how the fuck are you going to agree to something? This motherfucker don't even get the money. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm not agreeing- Show me the money first. At least flash it to me. Yeah. Let me see what you're working with. No, he didn't have the money. The idea was that they were going to rob the bank, and then he was going to give them $50,000 a piece. That's- And then they were going to break fucking Liz out of the hospital. Because that's that's not good enough for me. (laughs) No. Like, I want guaranteed cash in here. Yes. Let me see it. Flash it to me. (laughs) If I'm going to do it, at least flash it to me so I know what I'm doing it for. Like- Exactly. Fuck out of here. So- they decided to go borrow some guns from friends, and they didn't say what they needed them for. hmm And the night before the robbery, on August 21st, 1972, they all stayed at the Golden Nugget Hotel. So, as we know, Little Dick has a thing for men who dress like women. hmm Bobby Westenberg was one of those men. And Little Dick basically admits to raping Bobby. No shit. Yeah. So, he says, quote... I grabbed a hold of Bobby because I wanted to fuck him (laughs) because he used to dress like a girl. He goes, I don't want you fucking me. I said, I'm giving you $50,000 and you're going to tell me I'm not getting a fuck out of it. So then I fucked him. Oh, God. What the fuck? This motherfucker doesn't seem to understand that that's like rape, bro. Absolutely. Like Bobby's cheeks were not up for the taking. Yeah, you kind of just took them for yourself. Yeah. Well, Sale then also tries to rape Bobby, who says no, and they argue. And Lil Dick was apparently in the shower, and he hears them arguing. So he comes out, and he's like, what are you bitches fucking arguing about? And Bobby's like, I don't want to fuck him. Like, what the hell? <laughs> and Little Dick thinks that Bobby's being a bitch, and he doesn't get why he won't just give up the cheeks. What the fuck? Yeah. Well, Sal gets angry because he doesn't get any buns. I'm like, poor Bobby. <laughs> Your butthole is just up for auction, <laughs> apparently. Everybody wants a piece of it. Nobody cares. They're just putting up money for it. I know. Oh, no. I'm not selling the booty. I'm not selling the booty. And we have $10 in the back. <laughs> <laughs> Bobby, you're up. God damn it. <laughs> but I just said No. Oh, no, that's such a sad booty story. I know. That's such a sad booty story. Poor Bobby. And he was like a thin little guy. It's not even like Bobby had that big of a booty. Oh, no. Oh, it hurts way more. Oh. Maybe. You know what, lead love? I'm not going to repeat what I said. It's just. Yeah. It's a lot of fun, I guess. I I guess. (laughs) I can't lead love. I'm sorry. My butt is only meant for pooping. (laughs) I just I I Yeah, it's it's like that for most people, but like there's 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 fun in it. You know? If you're up for it, I get it. This, More power to you I don't judge. Whatever you want to do. Personally. My booty hole is on fire. <laughs> It's so funny i'm sorry (laughs) okay back to it man so the next morning they all wake up and leave the hotel they start driving around to different banks they have their guns hidden in a box painted like a pack of wrigley spearmint gum uh the first bank they try is Mm -hmm. on delancey and essex street called the manufacturer's hanover trust they park the car sale and bobby get out uh, Little Dick, who's still in the car, mm-hmm. he hears a loud boom. Bobby apparently dropped the shotgun and it went off. So Lil Dick runs out of the car, grabs the gun, and they speed away. That's their first attempt at robbing a bank. Uh, like, it doesn't sound that bad. Like, it almost makes it seem like it's fun to get away with a bank robbery. Like, oh, 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 oh. just kidding, It. Eh. Got away with it. This motherfucker uh, just shot uh, a jacket <laughs> in the middle of New York City. Exactly. And, all the and then things. everybody's like, oh, cool, 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 cool. But like, again. The, what the fuck? The 70s in fucking New York City. I mean, I fucking guess. I, I have to take that into consideration on because, like, I, I, I'm reading and I'm, like, glancing over a lot of the stuff that they've done. And I'm like, um, um, was anybody going to stop them? Um, um. Uh, Probably not. No, no one was going to stop them. They were not. Mm -mm. Oh, God, they love. Like, what the fuck was going on in New York in the fucking 70s and 80s? Like, the 70s and 80s have no laws, they love. Like, for for sure. (laughs) I feel like I could have done anything in the 70s and 80s. I could have probably been, like, a fucking drug trafficker and a billion dollars (laughs) and and a billionaire in the 70s because they were like, it's whatever. (laughs) Nobody cares. We're just... about it all oh okay trafficking humans yeah okay it's normal to traffic humans that's how you make your hundred thousand dollars a year oh okay (laughs) fuck man so the next bank they go to is in howard beach Mm -hmm. but as soon as they get out of the car bobby's mother's best friend is there and she says hi to them so they have to leave Because, you know. (laughs) Can't be too close to family now. Exactly. So then they go to the third bank, which is the Manhattan branch of the Chase Manhattan Bank. And here they decide to do a practice getaway. They go into the bank to exchange some bills for silver dollars. And as soon as their practice getaway Mm -hmm. starts, they accidentally hit another car. Oh, damn. So, Little Dick Wodowitz wasn't trying to exchange information, and the person who he hit was threatening to call the cops. Well, they obviously didn't want that to happen because they had guns in the car. So, John gave the person his info and all the money in his wallet to, like, satisfy this person. Please, please, don't report me. Here's everything I have. You can't. This bankruptcy's not going that well so far. Uh. (laughs) Because my count is so far bank three john zero minus some money oh my god like what the fuck <laughs> lady love this is the worst bank robbery in history like are you sure we're not telling a story about like the worst bank robbery in history because i didn't know there were this many beforehand oh yes lady love lady love. this is all in one day too yeah, fuck what the fuck yes what the fuck so, before they go to the bank that they actually attempt to rob, or at least make it into the building, mm-hmm. they decide to go see a movie for inspiration. The Godfather had just come out in theaters, Oh, so they were so amped up. Tits of a movie. <laughs> it was a tits of a movie. Tits of a movie. Easily. Sorry. Go ahead. So, Godfather had just come out in theaters, and they were so amped up after seeing this movie, Little Dick decides that he should write a note to give to the teller. Okay. So he scribbles some cockamamie bullshit and ends the note with, this is an offer you can't refuse, signed, the boys. Fuck <laughs> so, life, for I sure. Know. Like, I'm pretty sure that in The Godfather, that's like the first line in the fucking movie is, this is, <laughs> this is an offer you can't refuse. I mean, and not the first line, but definitely the line that you don't forget. Yeah. You know. But you, know what I mean? you come it's like, to him, this is the offer you can't refuse. Yeah. yeah, but it's like in the beginning of the movie. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> that's, that's what strikes you? That, okay. Sure. Whatever um, makes you happy, sir. Well, Lil Dick also decides that the perfect bank to rob is the Chase Manhattan Bank in Brooklyn, which mm. is the one that he and Carmen used to work at. In Brooklyn. So you're going to go to the bank that you used to work with your wife and then be like... This is a stick-up. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) This is it, bitch. We're all for it. Yeah, pretty much. So they finally get to the Chase Manhattan Bank in Brooklyn, and they park the car. The plan is, Sal goes in first to disable the security guard. Bobby rounds up all the employees and lock them into the bank vault, while Lil Dick gets the money. So as Sal gets into position, Bobby and Lil Dick start to walk inside, when Bobby has second thoughts and grabs John's arm, saying that he can't do it. Because, obviously, they're fucking three strikes so far. Like, this is not going well. Little Dig is shocked, responding, What the fuck do you mean you can't do it? We're here. But Bobby's not with it, so he says, No, no. No, no, no." I gotta go. And he just runs away. Oh. Yeah, so they hadn't even gotten into it. And the bank was on the corner of Avenue P and East 3rd Street in Brooklyn. Mm Mm-hmm. Obviously, Sal and Little Dick decided to still go through with it. So at around 2.50 p.m. on August 22nd, 1972, John crosses himself, the father, the Mm -hmm. son, the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. He walks in, pulls a shotgun out of the Wrigley's box, and orders everyone not to move, step away from the alarms. He just wants the money, give no problems, and no one gets hurt. He basically says, do what I say, and we'll be gone in five minutes. So, Sal keeps their seven hostages in one area while little Dick grabs the money. Mm-hmm. It was the end of the day, so there wasn't an incredible amount of cash. There was about $38,000 in cash and $175 in traveler's checks. The bank manager at the time of the robbery, Robert Barrett, says after 10 minutes, they could tell that they were amateurs and they had no idea what they were doing. So while they're robbing the place, someone called the bank manager to discuss something about another employee. As not to create suspicion, they tell him to answer the phone, and he does. And he warns the person calling that something is wrong without actually saying it. Robert starts talking about a person that was fired and... He kind of like sneak warmed the person and the person was like, is something wrong? And he just says, yes. And the person hangs up and immediately calls the authorities. No shit. Yeah. So less than 10 minutes after taking over the bank, the cops were swarming outside. No shit. They were on the sidewalk, on the fire escapes. I mean, like, they were like doing like multiple attempts in a day. How successful could the very last one be? Oh, no. This was definitely. I don't know. They should have just fucking three strikes. Okay, we're done. Sorry. Uh, yeah, like, exactly. Like. <laughs> take the L. You got some cheeks from Bobby. You're going to let this dude go, like, try it how many times? Like, the mm-hmm. once, Buh, twice. Oh, fuck. Like, he's doing it again. Like, okay. So, they were on the sidewalks, on the fire escapes, on the roofs. Literally everywhere. No oh, shit. Like, there was... Everywhere he looked, mm-hmm. That was a kappa. Mm. So, Lil Dick sees all this and he starts to panic. Sal, who was raped in prison and does not want to go, is also panicking. Mm-hmm. And while this is all happening, all of Brooklyn starts to slowly show up and, like, mob the entire area. Because you know people. They nosy as fuck. I was going to say, like, in the movie, they do show, like, a... They do show, like, a... At one point, they show, like, almost, like, the outside people, like, supporting, like, the underdog. Yeah. Like, fuck you guys. This is, like, we're going to fucking take it over. Like, I I don't know. Well, that's pretty much how everybody felt because he was, one, doing it for a noble cause. Because he told the cops, like, I'm doing this so I can pay for a sex change for my lover. Yeah. And he was from Brooklyn. So, everybody kind of, like, felt a kinship with him because he was from Brooklyn. You know what I mean? Oh. Lady Love, do you want to do a commercial break? Yeah, I think we should do a commercial break. I think we should. Guys, stay tuned for this amazing commercial break. We're just going to be right back. Uh, we love you guys, and we just have to go pee. Oh, yeah. So, stay tuned. Lady Love. Lady Love. What you think about that Fit Dreams, though? Oh, I fucking love it, Late Love. Listen, I've been wearing their stuff to go to the gym lately. It's nice. It's nice. It's comfortable. Ooh, it's fancy. I love it. It's soft hmm It's absorbent. You know. You Ooh, know. It's very nice. <laughs> I fucking dig it. <laughs> and it's local. Yeah. Guys, you know we fucking love local stuff. We're local people. Like, we're fucking... We're from Buffalo. And we are all about supporting local Buffalo business. Absolutely. So, right now... Fit Dreams Activewear is having some crazy fucking sale. Guys, just go just go check them out. I mean, we don't fucking know what sale they're having. Just go check them out. I guarantee you, our friend is having some sale that you can get his stuff on. And it's always great. They have fucking the crop tops. They got the tank tops. They got the leggings. They got the headbands. They got the sweatshirts. They got the hoodies. Man, woman, whatever you want. They got it all. Exactly. And you can get it there, guys. You can get it there at fdawares.com. That's z.com. Just get over it and just go there. Shop Fit the Dreams. Do it. Just do it. And do get it. some workout stuff. Do it now. Work out. New gear. New me. Me. Tight ass. Me. Okay, we're back. Yee. <laughs> oh, thank God for sticking with us through that commercial break. I mean, it's much needed. It is. I needed to pee. I just need the break for a second. I had to calm up a little bit. And at the same time, we fucking thought about dinner and we're going to order some burgers and... Oh, yes. Oh, PB&J burgers from the Transit. The Transit Music Lounge is the t Oh, the t for sure. I don't know if it's like, it's some point of the week. Oh, God, this is terrible. Like... Is it Tuesday? Is it Wednesday? There's some day of the week that they do half price burgers. And it is today. <laughs> and it's the fucking tits, guys. Like, go fucking order burgers from this place. They have a French onion burger. Personally, we love the PB&J burger. The PB&J burger is the tits. Oh, my God. But, like, if you love burgers, fuck it. Order from Transit Music Lounge. Yes. Yeah. So... Anyways, yeah <laughs> where we were was bank robberies happening. People from Brooklyn are nosy as fuck and are surrounding the building. Yeah So obviously John and Sale know that they're fucked and Sale would rather die than go back to jail. So Lil Dick comes up with a plan. He's gonna ask them to bring Liz to them and for them to get them a plane so that they can get to Denmark and have Liz get her operation. So, the cops called the bank phone and asked little Dick Waterwitz Mm -hmm. what he wants for the hostages. His response is, quote, I want you to deliver my wife here from Kings County Hospital. His name is Ernest Aaron. It's a guy. I'm gay. Mm -hmm. And fun fact, Carmen said this event is when everyone in her family found out that her ex-husband was gay. No shit. And she was getting the I told you so calls from, like, everybody in her family. I told you John was gay. And I told you not to marry him. You see what you did? Really? Yeah. She said she felt like she was getting blamed for everything. Oh, fuck. That's fucking terrible. That is, like, fucking. God. So the journalist that was put on um, this bank robbery Mm -hmm. decided to call the bank and see what would happen. And they actually answered the phone and started doing an interview with them while they're still in the process of trying to get away with all this money. (laughs) I know that you have 100 mil in the bag, but, John, what's your next step in life? <laughs> yeah. Really? That's exactly it. And he was, like, talking to him. <laughs> so, like, the news had direct access to what was happening right in the moment. So they're just fucking, this shit was on, like, it was 9-11. You know, in the in the movie, they said that, like, uh, the news was reporting and that they reported, like, two gay men being in there and the one guy was was upset about it. I wonder if that's, like, where they got it from. Because, like, in the movie, they didn't really paint it as, like, news people being involved there was a a lot of like fbi people being involved and like being there and man so the problem with the movie is that i guess the people that had came up with the movie tried multiple times to contact john while he was in prison but he felt like he didn't get paid enough money so he was like fuck him i'm not telling him anything so they kind of had to elaborate themselves on what they thought happened okay i can see that Um, John told the whole world he was doing this so Liz could get the sex change Mm -hmm. that she needed desperately. The world was in awe. They'd never heard of such a thing. Mm -hmm. And one of the cops who had a speakerphone had decided to try antagonizing Little Dick Mm -hmm. and Sale. I don't know why he thought this would be a good idea, but he did. And he said, quote, all right, you faggots, we're coming in there and we're going to get you. Now, little dick pulled out his big dick energy as soon as this happened and he ran outside to press the cop like he was in the bank ran outside of the bank to press this cop jesus and they actually show like pictures and videos of him like being outside and like pointing at this dude um he went out there without his gun and he told the cop if he called him a faggot one more time he was gonna whip his ass oh shit (laughs) yeah saying quote if you think you're so fucking bad, why don't you put down that fucking gun and come over here and call me a faggot because I'll fuck you up. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> bring it, bitch. That's all I'm co- Fucking come over here and I'll fucking eat you alive, motherfucker. Exactly. It's some Jerry Springer <laughs> shit. Like, <laughs> I'm waiting for some titties to pop out. <laughs> what? Jerry, Jerry, Jerry. <laughs> get the beads. Get the beads. Get the beads. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> So, seriously, yes, 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 yes. This whole thing happens. The crowd and the other cops started laughing because the cop didn't have any balls. He didn't even say anything. He just, like, grimaced and put down the bullhorn. Bitch. Like, he's like, put down that badge, motherfucker. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. And he's like, all right, all right, I'm, I'm putting it down. I'm putting I'm it down. down. I don't want it. I don't want it. I don't want it. <laughs> oh, but, God. good thing, cup half full. <laughs> Lil was apparently super nice to the hostages. They were mostly yeah. exhausted and hungry. He ends up asking the cops to have pizza delivered to his hostages so that they could eat. And when the pizza guy dropped it off, he tossed $2,000 in cash outside to pay for it. <laughs> Wasn't it $2,000 in cash of, like, the money that he sold from the bank? Yes. <laughs> you're welcome yeah here here here's a big tip for like a probably $14 pizza at the exactly, time exactly exactly not oh $14 that's probably oh, like, like a, a fucking $5 seven, exactly $7 pizza god so the cops get Liz from the nuthouse but she's heavily medicated and in her head she thought that john wanted to kill her so this broke john's heart and she refused to go with him anywhere she only agreed to talk to him on the phone, and she told him that he should just surrender and let everyone go. He said that he couldn't do that because Sale would kill everyone, so he needed to see this through and try to get out of there without being arrested. Quote, I'll save all the people. So he was, like, kind of good, kind of not. He was, like, a little bit shitty, but, like, with <laughs> a little glitter on it. shitty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's like shit with some glitter <laughs> Sal wanted to be permissible but I, I'm, I'm just wondering how fa- how Sal fell into all of this literally he was just at a bar and he was like talking about how he wanted to break Liz out of the nut house, and like Sal was just he just needed money so he was like agreeing to it because of the money both that's of them it. really yeah that's it it had nothing to do with anything else so fun fact one of John's exes, named Patsy, goes there for some clout, and Lil Dick pulls out that big dick energy again, mm-hmm. and at this time, two men being affectionate towards each other was, like, basically illegal. hmm So, since Ernie wouldn't come, John decided that he was gonna go outside and tongue Patsy in front of the whole world. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, so he, like, made out with him right at the door. What a fucking bitch. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Yeah. I don't know. He was just heartbroken that Liz was like, nah, bitch, I'm not about this. Fuck up out of here. Like, what the fuck is she going to do? Walk into the hospital? Yeah, I guess we're going to fly away now. Even though we're just stuck in a bank robbery. It's fine. I'm okay fucking, with it. Fucking retarded. But the crowd starts yelling fag and queer. But they were, like, shouting it. Okay. In, like, a chant. They were like, mm. queer, queer, queer. You know, okay. that kind of thing. Yeah. So I don't know if they were like on his side or not. It's kind but... of questionable. Like when you're at that time, though, like you know, like it's it's 1970s. I feel like people can be on your side, but can they really? They can also be against your side. Like it's it for sure is a confusing time. No, it's definitely an interesting turn of events. So another fun fact is that he's been married to Carmen legally this entire time. No way. And even while he was married to Liz, he still slept with Carmen at least one to two times a week. And they stay married until 1983. How did Liz allow that? Like, I'm looking at their pictures, and they're like... Like, do you think that's an accurate picture of him and his husband, or no? No, that's Carmen. That, oh. That's his first wife, Carmen. Yeah, so Liz was way taller than him. Yeah. And he could stay married to both of them and, like, and treat them like that? So, he wasn't legally married to Liz, obviously, because Liz was a man. So, he was legally married to Liz. But I thought he was married under, like, a priest. Like, I thought they were, like. Well, he was, but they don't consider it legal because. Really? Yeah. I thought they were married by a priest, though. Like, man, look at that. Yeah, so that's Liz later on like after she's had her surgery oh okay yeah, so okay like, yeah so this is like way after that's why john looks a little worse for wear too because this is after he gets out of prison oh no kidding yeah so he gets back with her after prison no so that picture that you're looking at yeah. is a picture of liz and john at an interview together because they were both capitalizing off no of this. no kidding yeah. yeah they split up after she gets her sex change Oh, she didn't have anything to do with him afterwards. No, no. Because, like, in the movie, he's so fucking hell bent on, like, I'm doing this because. Yeah, no, so they. Th- this is exactly why he's still doing it. He is. But, like, the pictures that you're pulling up are, like, way later. We get to it. We get oh, to it. Oh, my God, they love, like. Yeah. Okay, okay. No, no. I'm listening. I'm listening. I want to know more, but I'm listening. So, the hostage situation lasted about 14 hours. Okay. The cops pretend to agree to Lil Dick's demands for a plane and transport to the plane. Yeah. The cops end up bamboozling them while they're in the car on the way to the airport. So, in the time from, like, you know, getting Liz and getting the pizza ordered and stuff, he had released some of the hostages. Mm -hmm. So, right now, I think he only has, like, five people left out of the seven. Mm Mm-hmm. And while he comes out to the car to get the transport to the airport, they all huddle around him and say so that no sniper can like take a shot at him. Cause they were prepared to just shoot this dude right there. Like okay. they were going to kill him. So they, they think they're smart and they sit in the car. Um, and he has a, an officer driving that car to the airport and mm-hmm. they have like the hostages surrounding them. And then sale has the shotgun pointed at the back of the officer's head. What they don't know, though, is that the officer has a gun underneath the carpet inside of the car. Mm -hmm. So, like, he's also prepared. Anyways, some shit happens because Little Dick was being, like, he was trying to be funny and he was joking about having, like, food on the plane and whatever because he thinks he's, like, getting out of here scot-free. I'm done. I've made the bank robbery. They're going to feed me dinner and I'm going home. Yeah, that's pretty much what he thinks. Yeah. Well... The cop kind of outsmarts him and he's like, you know what? Let me, let me check it. Let me make sure that, you know, they, they are going to have food for you guys. So he pulls the car over and he goes and talks to them and he's like, Hey, I have a plan. His plan is that whenever, um, whenever the person or people outside of the car come up to it, if he has a shot at one of the two, Sal or Little Dick, he's going to say, Hey, are they going to have food on the plane? And if the guy outside of the car answers yes, mm-hmm. the guy that's sitting in the car that's driving is going to turn around and shoot whoever. So, Don't saying, call. like, if he has the...
1: So, yeah, pretty much, they,
0: they go through this thing, and Sale ends up getting shot and killed. Yep. Um, And then Little Dick gets arrested. Damn. So, they're, like, at the airport in the parking lot. He thinks they're about to go. Yeah. This whole shit goes down, and yeah. then, yeah. It's not going anywhere. No, it's not going anywhere, pal. I know that you want to go somewhere, but it's not happening today. Exactly. Damn. So a witness actually rats out Bobby, and he also gets arrested, even though he like ran away. Yeah, because he was in he the fucking ratted out Bobby. Yeah, like Bobby was like even part of it. In the movie, they show I, I I like I know who I I think I know who you think Bobby is in like the movie. Mm-hmm. Dude is like out in the first ten minutes. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. I don't think I could do this. I'm out. Yeah. And it's like, oh, oh, fuck. Okay, dude, you're out. Exactly. Bobby gets raped. Yeah. <laughs> Bobby drops a shotgun. <laughs> and, like, this whole time, while, like, all this is happening before Bobby leaves, he was getting sexually harassed by sale. Like, like in the movie, it didn't seem that long they love it. It was like, uh, oh, I don't think I could do this. Alright, I'm leaving. It wasn't like a oh, I don't think I'd do this you little bitch. Yeah. And that's where you're gonna get sexually harassed now. <laughs> no, this whole time like Bobby's getting sexually harassed. Like he's sitting in the car and like after he drops the shotgun and John's like talking shit to him and then Sal says something and he's like, Bobby's just a girl that doesn't like to get fucked and I'm like <laughs> i like, Can Bobby just not give up the cheeks? Like is this is this acceptable? Apparently not. Fuck, man. Like, what the fuck? So Bobby gets arrested. After Little Dick is arrested, he's approached by people who offer to pay him for his life rights so they can make a movie based on the events of the robbery. He agrees. But at first he says no. Mm -hmm. Um, He only agrees so that he can get the money for Liz for her sex change operation. So on March 27th, 1973, Liz gets her sex change. Well, as karma does Little Dick, he gets his karmic relief. So Liz comes to see him after her surgery and tells him that she can never see him again. Oh, Her therapists say that the only way for her to move forward as a woman Mm -hmm. is to start completely new. And he's uh, totally crushed by this. Yeah. And on Sunday, April 27th, after he's gone to church and done confession and taking communion... He slits his wrists the right way. No way. In an attempt to kill himself. Yeah. No way. Yeah. So he cut his wrists and he's sitting on the toilet in his cell and he ends up passing out and he was taken to the hospital. And then he was taken back to the jail and then to his sentencing hearing. Well, during the sentencing hearing, he was all doped up on drugs and his wrists were like all bandaged up. Like he didn't look good at all. And he was talking to, like, the judge, and they're asking him stuff. And, like, he just wasn't, you know, he wasn't really there. He ends up being sentenced to 20 years in Lewisburg Penitentiary. When he got there, he was beat up. And not too long after that, he was beat and gang raped repeatedly by three men. What the fuck? Yeah. Little Dick. Little Dick has it hard, and I kind of feel bad for him. Yeah, and, like, he's telling the story, and he doesn't even seem, like, very phased by it. He said that they... They hit him in the head with a pipe and knocked him out. And then they just, like, raped him repeatedly. Like, he had to go to the hospital because of how bad they raped him. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, butt penetration, nothing's supposed to go in the outdoor. So, like, if you're just, like, doing it and it's not even. They love, like I said, though, with enough, lube, with enough lube, anything is possible. Hey, I'm not saying it's not. <laughs> I'm just saying personally. Yeah, yeah yeah, yeah. I mean I just have an exit only sign on my butt. <laughs> an exit only That's all on. Exit only. No internal business going in. No, there is no no. I strictly outdoor. I fucking love it. So Oh god a lot of people wanted to kill Little Dick because he was openly gay. Mm-hmm. And they were also jealous that there was a movie being made by him about him. Really? Yeah. But cup half full, John meets his third wife in Lewisburg. Stop. Really? In the jail? Yeah. No shit. So his third wife is a half black, half Irish man named George, Georgie okay. Heath. Okay. Now. George was apparently a jailhouse lawyer also. Jailhouse lawyer? I, don't, I didn't know that was, like, a thing. Well, he was a lawyer, but he was in prison no for, like, shit. robbery and stuff. Yeah. So, George also protected Little Dick because he, like, carried a knife around on him at all times. Like, he was kind of known as a tough guy. Don't fuck around with my lover or else I'll fucking stab you. Yeah. Okay. And George is, like, a big dude. Like, he's, like, tall no shit yeah he carries on yeah don't be fucking with my boo exactly. or else i fucking shank you that's why i don't know why he was the wife i feel like john should been the wife in this one but whatever <laughs> like they do an interview with him and like <laughs> george is like talking and he's like and who are you and he's like my name is george i'm john's lover he refers to me as his wife <laughs> that's me Okay, George. (laughs) So, Lil Dick and George met on July 16th, 1974, and they were married in a jailhouse ceremony two weeks later on July 31st, 1974. Now, two weeks? That's a little bit much. Even (laughs) didn't go that far. (laughs) (laughs) This boy is just a special case, Lady Love. I don't know. In case the world doesn't know, Lady Love's apparently engaged! (laughs) decided to lock it down lady love and i am i'm i'm surprised i'm surprised i'm like half surprised (laughs) i feel a little bit are you only half surprised i'm only half surprised let's not like downplay to the world that you're the reason why this happened i know after it happened joby was like what the fuck did you do i know (laughs) what did you do and how did you do it because my best friend and your best friend are engaged now, and <laughs> I don't really understand what's going on. And I can see, like, the confusion in Joby's face, like. Like, <laughs> literally, <laughs> immediately after he left dinner with you guys, after you told him this, he called me, and he's like, Cousin! What the fuck? And I was like, I don't know. I didn't do anything. I have the world's meanest matchmaking skills. Joby, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> That's basically where your cousin did. He just, I don't know. I She's, was just born with them, and then it just fucking... I guess I'm like Cupid. They love, for real. You're like... The Asian Cupid. <laughs> you you really are, because now it's like... Yeah, I guess this is a thing. Yeah, now it's like a fucking thing. Hey, how you feel about your babies calling me? I think... <laughs> Babe, you have no choice. <laughs> <laughs> but we both know that, so we're okay with it. <laughs> That's the first thing I said to him when... <laughs> He was all like crazy. I'm in love. Uh oh, 37 seconds after you met her. Lay love. I didn't think he was like for real in love like that. I didn't think so either. Like when he sent me the picture of Lay love, I shitted on Ellen. I shitted on his heart. <laughs> I was like, babe, who's gonna tell her? Like we were at dinner with Joby, and we were like, who's gonna tell her? Joby's like, that's not me. <laughs> I was like, well, it's not fucking me either. You gonna fucking tell her? No oh, shit. Uh, yeah. I'll get- I- I- I, 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 guess guess I'll, I'll I guess I'll tell her. <laughs> well, good luck. Here you go. <laughs> yeah, they love, Like I know. And he had to tell me literally like 30 seconds after I left surgery, too. I was like, <laughs> my vagina hurts right now. <laughs> Fucking delusional. She didn't know what's real from what's fake. And you know, all of a sudden, her best friend is engaged. And you're I like, know. oh, wait, what? What? Wait, what? This is real? They love. it was... It was interesting. Like, love, the second he sent me this picture, I was sitting next to DJ. (laughs) Were you? Yeah. I'm sitting (laughs) next to him, and I was like, I replayed it, or I hit the replay thing, because I looked at it, and I was like, no fucking way. And then DJ looks over, and I was like, DJ, check the shit out. And I clicked it, (laughs) and he goes... That can't be real. And I was like, That can't be real. I think it's real. And then Dev comes back, but it was like too late because I had already <laughs> to hit the replay. replay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I tried it again
0: and I was like, Nah, it's not letting me do it. But it happened. It's for real. Yeah, Lady Love, it fucking happened for real. Well, congratulations, Lady Love. Thank you, Lady Love. All the engagement. Thank you, Lady Love. Good luck trying to get her to Tulsa because that shit's <laughs> gay. <laughs> This is just gayer than the butt sex of John likes. Fucking middle of nowhere America, but you know what, boo? Yeah. <laughs> We're going make it. We we'll figure it, it out. out. We'll figure it out. Uh, you know, before then, he's definitely gonna let me fuck him in the ass. He has to if, I, if I'm gonna move to Tulsa. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, if you're. I want a video of him. <laughs> You want a video of, like, the face reaction of, like, the oh, thrusting? Yeah. Like, I don't want to see, like, uh, the actual, inser- uh, <laughs> I just want to see, like, the face <laughs> upon insertion. You know what, Lady Love, I feel like you deserve that. If I have to go to Tulsa, then, you know what? Fair. Fair to see a man's face while I penetrate him during I, this time. I agree. But, yeah, that that's what happened during my vacation. And then, Lady like, Love, have to, had to record it with with Devin. Love you, Debbie. I think I think we made a comeback, with this one this one's much funnier than last week. Last week was like, oh man, this is just gonna make people cry. Love, like it was that it was like that. I mean, I know you guys talked about um, you you still did the Batman massacre, right? Yes, all on its own. It was still like a sad situation because I remember I remember going to the movies at midnight and like doing that and like I remember it was sad. <laughs> I remember I woke up the next day. I used to work like six a.m. to two at the gym. And the next morning news was covering everything that happened. I was like, oh god damn, like that's like Oh yeah. Sad. No, it was definitely To imagine it with <laughs> with Deb <Devin>. and I know. <laughs> it was just so sadly. Loved. I was like I was like doing my <laughs> Sophia story and like you could tell that Deb didn't really think it was funny at all and he's just like I end the story and he's like ha 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 <laughs> You're like, Okay, Deb." <laughs> Too hard on the laugh, but we'll go with it next time. <laughs> I love it. I fucking love it. I can't wait to hear it. Oh man. Well, anyways, so third wife, George. I can't believe. I oh, listen, I can't believe this motherfucker had a this third wife. This motherfucker had a third wife, and this wife was taller than him too. Like I don't uh, know. But you seen the pictures with the with the first wife? Mhm. He didn't look outrageously tall either. Oh no. But George is like 6'2. Like Ooh, George, George is, is George is tall. Yeah, George is a nice height man. Yeah, no, George is tall. George had like an afro going. He was half half black, half... Uh, Irish. Yeah, yeah, he yeah, was. So okay. Tall, okay. dark, and handsome. Ooh, I dig it. So, Terry said that she used to sneak food into the prison for mm-hmm. John in her bra. Because she said he was too thin. <laughs> <laughs> so, Lil Dick only served seven and a half years. And George was apparently into, like, the gay scene earlier in life, and he mm-hmm. used to actually dress in drag on occasion in the past, too. Oh, so, shit. Lil Dick apparently just has, like, a knack for finding men that like to dress as women. I mean, he was very obviously into them. So, it makes sense. So, in 1975, Dog Day Afternoon comes out. Yes. Yes. John became an instant celebrity in his own way. People were writing him in prison. Okay. And he loved the attention. And due to his impaired state at his original sentencing hearing, his wife and jailhouse lawyer, George, got him re-sentenced. And this time, it was shortened to 15 years instead of 20. And the judge who sentenced him recommended that he just get time served. So after the seven and a half years John was released from prison Okay um, Little Dick actually got to see the first Viewing of the movie And then so did the prisoners So he got the, a private viewing And then the prisoners that he was with Got to see the movie too because he was like promising it to them mm-hmm. But at first they didn't want to Let him show the movie to the rest of the people In the jail But he said that if they didn't let him show them The movie he would start a riot and they believed it. So they just let him watch the movie. No shit. <laughs> yeah. Listen, at this time, I feel like it was more of like, are we really going to put a fight up against it? Man, eh, maybe not. <laughs> it's just a movie. <laughs> yeah. Let's just let him have it. Fuck it. It's a fucking movie. Yep. So in 1978, after seven and a half years, he and George both got out of prison. And they started living together for about two years after they were released. Um... And initially, they lived with his mom, Terry, for at least 10 months. Listen, Terry is like the fucking tits of a mom, though. Terry is the tits of a mom. And like the dad, the whole time, they just kind of show like little short images. Like they don't talk about the dad at all. Yeah, I mean. So I feel like the dad was just kind of an absent, like he was like a silent partner, you know. Um, Little Dick, when he got out, he was sent to the Bryant Hotel, which is like a halfway house for them. And he had to get a job. He actually initially applied for a job at the bank that he robbed as a security guard. And he offered to, like, sign autographs and take pictures. And he said... <laughs> and um, they obviously told him no because, you know, you robbed the bank. But he ended up getting a job cleaning toilets for a little while. Mm-hmm. And then he ended up getting laid off. And a whole bunch of court stuff happened. They threatened to put him back in jail because he didn't have a job. It was just the thing. So, he did everything he could to capitalize off of the bank robbery. He tried getting a job at the bank as a security guard. Um, And then... (laughs) At the the fucking bank that he robbed? Yes. Listen, I know that I fucked up, but I want to secure you guys. It's just something I want to do. Yeah. What? (laughs) Yep. But they told him no. They told Uh, him to fuck up. Well, very good. (laughs) Well, so, since they didn't let him do that, he decided that he would sign autographs and take pictures outside of the building and he would wear a shirt that said, I robbed this bank. Stop. (laughs) Are you serious? Like, you can't make this shit up, lady love. There's a reason they made it into a movie. (laughs) I mean, I guess, but the movie didn't have that part. Fucking, I fucking robbed the bank. Here's my signature. Yeah. Fuck it. What the fuck? Well, Warner Brothers paid John $100,000 in a final settlement. Liz was also making money off of this wherever she could. And she paid over $54,000 in surgeries. No shit. For her. Yeah. Okay. Good for her. So after that gravy trade ended, Liz started prostituting again to support herself. Oh, no. And she moved to Rochester, New York. No way. Mm-hmm. Oh, 45 minutes away from here. Hey. Hey. We're local bitches. Hey. <laughs> so, Love it. After her surgery, she started having some regrets and she thought, oh. yeah, she thought that being a woman would make her happy, but it just opened a whole new can of worms for her. No way. Yeah. Uh, she hustled and sold her body until she got HIV. Oh. And in September of 1987, Elizabeth Debbie Eden mm-hmm. died at the age of 41 from AIDS-related oh my pneumonia. Oh, they love. it. In Genesee Hospital in Rochester, New York. Oh, my God. That's so sad. That is sad. Like, poor Liz. I feel so bad for her. I definitely, like... Oh, my God. Like, I... I... It just hurts you. It does. Especially, you know? like, during that time. I'm sure Liz couldn't find, like, a regular job. Yeah. Because everybody knew that she was transgender. Absolutely. Everybody knew that, you know, it was just a... It's something that you become identified by. And mm-hmm. it's just... It's, it's nothing that you should be identified by. It's like... This is my life. Yeah. Just let me live it. It's yeah. just who I am. Like, I didn't catch that. Could you try again? Oh, what Fucking the fuck? Siri? Lady Love, Siri's a fucking soccer. Lady Love, I swear to Jesus, your apartment's haunted. Like, the oh, other day, when speak I was on editing. It, Lady Love, speak on it. When I was editing the one day, I was like listening to it, and you can hear these like weird sounds randomly. Like, it won't be anything. Because we obviously, we're in an isolated room. We have mm-hmm. the door shut. Like, there's no sound. Mm-hmm. You'd hear these random, like, whoos in there and fucking shit. And really? then that one day when we were fucking sitting here and the wine bottle fell over for no reason. Exactly. Your apartment's haunted lately. I don't pay attention to it. You bitches can't come get me. Whatever. We need to stage this bitch. Yeah. I'm fucking up for it. <laughs> fucking a little burning sage all over the place. I'm gonna fuck. That's what we need to do. You ain't coming to get me, motherfuckers. <laughs> But late love is just sad. It, it's sad that, like, um, she had to sell her body, you know? It's sad that she had to go through so many surgeries and just... Yeah. And end up uh, where she was. It's not where... I, I guess it's not where you want to be. No. You know? And I guess after feeling that way and spending so much money on surgeries and to still feel burdened afterwards, that's that's a really painful thing in life. That's That's just... How could you live with that? You know what I mean? No, I agree. And I think that was her problem is that she just didn't want to live with any of it anymore. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, prostituting in general,
1: we're, It's we're a lot a of shame.
0: It's a fucking lot of shame to, to deal with. I mean, I can't speak from experience. I don't know what that's like. I, I mean, I don't know what it is, but like, no, I don't know. I was going to say... When I was younger, I used to joke around saying I was a hoe. And that was a lot of work. Yeah. I can't imagine actual prostitution, like. He, right. Like that's, you, like, legit. Like, you're really you fucking. You can't imagine what that's like. But no. you're just like, oh, fuck, man. Like. Yeah, no. Fuck, man. Like, and it just hurts your soul. Especially, like, if you go around just fucking a bunch of people. Yeah. I was seeing this quote that, like, every time a woman fucks someone, they, like, take a little piece of you kind of thing. So then as you go, it's like. In general, I would say, not even just women, just in general. Like, yeah. for Liz to just... She probably just became so jaded over the whole thing that, like, Absolutely. it wasn't even special for her. It was just... And how hurtful is that? How hurtful is that as a woman that, like, I feel like even, like, as a woman, even if people end up taking a piece of you, maybe if it's, like... I don't know how to explain it, Lady Love, but, like, even if it's, like, an enjoyable piece, you're just, like... yeah fuck that person took an, an an enjoyable piece out of me like it's fucking great yeah. you know sometimes there are times where it's not so great and you're yeah. just like oh fuck but whatever you fucking get over it but like there are times in your life where you just enjoy mm-hmm. and you're just like fuck yeah no I agree I, I, I explain it but maybe you guys get it i don't i don't know no i know what you're saying i know know? exactly what you're saying especially like with her because there was no like attachment to anything it was just people are just taking these parts of her she doesn't even know like it's just a little bit at a time she becomes more and more like cold exactly 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 so after liz's death little dick became incredibly depressed He'd sleep all day, and at night he would go out to the village to try to help addicts and protect trans people. Because at this time, people were getting, like, fucking beat and all this stuff for being gay. Mm-hmm. So if he found people and they needed somewhere to stay or eat, Terry would actually feed them and let them sleep at her apartment. Wow. So he would bring them home and she would, you know, feed them. they showed, like, in the documentary, a bunch of pictures of, like, Terry with all these men. They blurred them out, like, we're going to do <laughs> Like, we're going to do, bee Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Terry did everything for John. Like, literally everything. This motherfucker had a bell. What? Like, a hotel bell. Really? Yeah, in his room. And, like, if he needed anything, he'd be like, ding, ding, ding. Mom! <laughs> ding! Ma! Ma, come here! Ma! <laughs> <laughs> did you read that bell? Ding, 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 ding! Oh, fuck. Yeah, like, motherfucker, ding the bell once. Ding, 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 ding. Really? Yeah. So Luntik lived with his mom until the day he died. No fucking way. Yes. Until the day he died? Yes. Mama ain't died first? Nope. Tell me, tell me, tell me. So, John Stanley Waldowitz passed away January 2nd, 2006, at the age of 60 from cancer from cancer he'd found out that he had skin and breast cancer years prior but he refused treatment he wanted to die on his own terms no shit yep so they actually in this documentary they literally show him like he tells you that he has cancer and then like they show him more towards the end and like him hanging out with his brother mike they Mm -hmm. never really show the brother tony but the brother that um is in the the state pen uh the state like place yeah. or whatever not the older brother but like no it uh, is the older brother yeah. the older brother's the one with the i thought the thought older system. brother was the one that was uh mentally disabled yeah that's the one that's the one that they show yeah so he's once a month he visits with them oh nice yeah okay. so him and john they like go to a, an aquarium or something they see no the yeah so they like hang out and stuff so, he doesn't actually understand that his brother's dying. So, he's just, like, pushing him around in a wheelchair and stuff and, like... Oh, Yeah, it's very no. sad. It's actually really sad to watch him because you still, you see him, like, deteriorate over time. Okay. Okay. Um, And a few months later, on October 26, 2006, his mother, Teresa Marie Basel-Wadowitz, took ill and passed away at the age of 85. Oh, my God. They say people die of a broken heart. I feel like her son was, like, the last person... That yeah. she really cared for in life and, mm-hmm. like, wanted to take care of. And once he died, she didn't have a purpose anymore. Yeah. Little love, it's very true. People die from a broken heart. If I'm not mistaken, it's called, like, Takotsubo's cardiomyopathy. Yeah. And it's an actual thing. Like, when I found out, like, when I started working in, like, healthcare and I found out that people can die from a broken heart, I really thought it was, like, no, you die true. from a broken heart. No, she's really dying from a broken heart. No, you can... Legitimately, like your heart can scar and your heart can hurt. Yeah. From being broken, and your heart can, like, you can die from you can. being heartbroken from someone that you love or, like, someone that is, like, causing you immense stress in your life that, like, yeah. can, like, fucking kill your fucking heart fibers. Like, no, <laughs> oh, exactly. Fuck, man. Yeah. It's, it's, it, I feel like it's such a special thing as a mama. Like, it especially is. because one day I, I hope to become a mama with some Asian babies that like you could love your kid that much. Yeah. You know, you could love your kid that much that it would fucking break your heart. No, they they definitely did those two. Like oh, they're described man. as being like more like husband and wife, they say. Like them the way really? they treated each other. Like she would like tie his ties for him. Like she did everything. Like love, her son. I mean in a sense in a sense I would I would want to believe that a mom would want to be I in a sense I would want to believe that a mother would be very Attentive? Passionate. Yes. And attentive of, like, her son's thing. The Like, if I had a baby, if I had a son laid love, wouldn't you think that I would fucking spoil my son? Oh, yeah, until, of Until, like, the fucking sun rises, but, like, No, but this was a little bit to the extreme. Right, right, like, But, yeah. I, if my son would be like, Mom, let me go, I'd be like, son, you go ahead. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> let me be with your father for the rest of my life. You know what I mean? Like, you know, he just never wanted to. It's not that he couldn't. He moved out randomly. Like him and Ernie lived together. Yeah. Yeah. So him and Liz had lived together at a point. You know, him and Carmen lived together. Like he, there's points where he moved out, but he basically. But isn't his that mother. just so strange that you just keep coming back to your mother? Like, I no, mean, it happens. It happens. My dad always says that his older brother would have lived with my grandma until, oh, but he did because my dad's older brother passed away when he was kind of young. Uh-huh. But. He would have lived with my grandmother literally forever. Like, he never wanted to move out. Interesting. There's some people. Well, It just just interests me because it's just like,
1: fuck, bro.
0: No, it is. It's pretty crazy. But everyone who knew John, including his psychiatrist, the psychiatrist was actually interviewed in the documentary also. But... Everyone who knew John, including his psychiatrist, said that the one true love of his life was his mother, Terry. Oh. She always loved and accepted him no matter what. Oh my god. Like, that has to be a special relationship, Lady Love. Never mind. It is. It's them two just loved each other. They show all these pictures and, like, they always, like, look- you know how you have those pictures with your family, and some of them you're like, ah, you know, like, like they like, <laughs> they were like, ah, oh, uh, you with your family, yeah. <laughs> like, no, these two, they like, they took pictures together, and they were like, legitimately happy. Oddfully, like, I really hope that's the way. I, I mean, maybe because like, I love chinky eyes. I and I, I love babe. I love you, but like, if you give me some fucking babies, some fucking. So little little brown baby. babies. Oh my god, Lilo. <laughs> little brown chinky baby. Tell me that I wouldn't love my son more than I love. Him. Oh yeah, for sure. Oh my god, like <laughs> absolutely like I was gonna say Lulu's pretty. You love Lulu. More oh than god. God. Lulu's already up there. Yeah. He's just a kitty. He's just like, oh Mom, I love you. I'm like, oh my god, you're so much better than the human that I love. Like, yeah. I don't know, but like put a baby in there. Oh yeah. I get it. I get, I get the love that Carmen and, and John had. Terry. Oh, Terry, John, Sonny. <laughs> when I get back to the movie. I'm like, oh fuck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I get the love. I'm with it. I agree. Well, that is uh, the conclusion of. Little Dick Woodowitz. It's not really much of a true crime, lady, love. We gotta get back to our true crime shit, you know? New Year happened, uh, or Christmas happened, Devin came on, I went away, there was fucking yeah. some shit going on, and it's we came a- back, turn around, spin it around, do a split, do a semi-half, go back on it, and... Yeah, well... Foli actually texted me yesterday and she sent me a screenshot of a person (laughs) that she wants me to do. Really? (laughs) Yes. This one's very true-primey and intense. Oh, I love it. So we're going back to our roots. Yeah. Listen, not that I don't love this, you know, I I want to know stuff too, but you know, back to get back to where we were. Yeah. I dig it. I dig it. Well, if you like us. And you want to hear more about us. Like us on our Facebook group, guys. Wine, Wicked Crimes, and Cat Moms Oh My. Or you could like us on our Instagram at Cat Moms Oh My Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at (laughs) Cat Moms Oh My Pod, which I'm kind of terrible at posting on the Twitter. Sorry, guys. (laughs) We're not very tweeters, but, like, we try, guys. I try. We try. try. (laughs) I'm better with Instagram. I am. Um... Or you can email us yeah. at catmoms2 at yahoo.com. Yahoo! <laughs> I swear to God, we're still working on making that a thing, guys. Yes! <laughs> it's going to happen. You guys stay tuned. I swear to God, we're going to make it happen. You can join us on our Patreon. Oh, Patreon for early access on our episodes before they're released to the public at our $5 level guys. Come on, $5. Oh yeah. And me and Lady Love go on these random tangents during the episodes. <laughs> Sometimes I have to cut stuff out. So I'm kind of debating on like maybe just making a compilation of the random shit that we cut out and tossing it on. Somewhere. I mean, why not? I I know you guys have $5 to spare. Stop playing with me. I know, I know you have $5 to spare. I spend 260 on a medium triple triple the other day. If that's overpriced, you let me know. But you spend $5 on our Patreon, and I'll be very happy. And it's $5 <laughs> a month. That's like how many cents a day you can use Exactly. Do this. Come on. Come on. We are that's- the world. We are the children. Five that's- cents a day gets you. <laughs> <laughs> we are the world. We are the children. Think about us children and think about two cups of coffee at the minimum every month and think about how you can support us. Exactly. Come on. Help us out. We can maybe throw some merch on there. We can get you a shirt that says you're the tits. <laughs> oh, my God. I love that. It would be fucking be awesome. That would be fucking awesome. Guys, come on. Give us some fucking love so we can throw some shirts out there. They say you're the fucking tits. Let's do it. I'll throw some tits on there. It'll be the tits. <laughs> oh, my God, guys. Thank you so much for listening. We absolutely love it. We're so glad to be back and recording and doing all this stuff for the new year if you guys have any people that you'd like to listen to email us whenever you get the chance or yeah whatever i mean just email us in general if you want i I don't care i'll talk (laughs) it's cool (laughs) (laughs) come on give us some ideas help us out with cases whatever you want to do we're open for it what? Right now, I think we're gonna go get burgers and then just call it a night. Yes, we definitely are. I got some editing to do too. Yeah. So uh yeah, I guess so uh, we'll see you next week. Good night. Bye! <laughs>